ready to take a ride, grab your coffee, and strap yourself in. If you listen, I can hear God's plan. Because the show is about to begin. You're listening, you're listening to the Omega Man Radio Network. Today is July 14th. This is a live broadcast. I want to thank you for coming back tonight to your home away from home on the internet radio airwaves. <laughs> got a special program for you today. Here in a few moments, I'm going to be playing a classic show um, featuring Pastor Charles Holtzhauser and an old interview he did with Brother Wynn Worley, one of the greatest uh, deliverance pioneers of all time, in my opinion, the greatest. And uh, I want to say thank you, Pastor Holtzhauser, for uh, opening up your archives to the Mega Man Radio Show tonight. This will be part of the When Morley Delivered special that I'm running tonight. Uh, this hour, and then again at 11, uh, thanks out to uh, Pastor Mike Deere, Hagowitch Church in Highland, Indiana, for giving us permission to play one of the When Morley archives. Can a Christian have be demonized? That will be on at 11 p.m. tonight. Um, so we've got a uh, great uh, day ahead tomorrow. Let me go ahead and make that announcement. Uh, tune in tomorrow, Thursday. We're going to have a double feature on Omega Man Radio starting at 8 p.m. I'm going to have Dennis Williams, Associate Pastor of Miracle Internet Church. He's going to be teaching on being delivered from generational curses and then be doing a mass deliverance live over the radio, something you're not going to want to miss. You know, in 2005, I had a dream. I was living in Panama at the time. And uh, God spoke to me in my dream. And in the dream, I couldn't see anything. It was just pitch black. But I heard a voice that said, You and your brother have a generational curse that you need to break. And uh, I woke up the next morning. I had, I had incidentally fallen asleep on my couch in the living room that night. It's like a Friday night, I believe it was. I was kind of restless. You know, went out into my living room there in the condo and uh, was reading the Word of God and... You know, I was just talking to God, and I'd fallen asleep and had this dream. And I woke up, and uh, tell you, I didn't even remember that I had dreamt that. And uh, I find myself on my couch. Uh, I picked up my Bible, and uh, I opened it. And no sooner had I laid my eyes on the Word of God that, boom, the, the memory was quickened to me of the dream. Uh, hearing the voice, you and your brother have a generational curse you need to break. Well, a few days later, uh, my brother called me. And uh, he said, hey, I want, to, I want to tell you about this book I'm reading by Derek Prince. And before I let him go further, I said, hey, wait a minute, let me tell you what happened to me first. And then I went on to uh, tell my brother Damon. I said, uh, man, you won't believe it. I had this dream. God spoke to me. And uh said, we have a generational curse need to break. Now, I didn't see anything, but I heard the voice of God. And I'll be honest with you, folks. Uh, that's something that... Uh, you know, I believe put me on a, a new course, uh, a course of ministry that uh, you know, is taking place right now, even five years later. And so uh, my brother said, wow. He said, the book I want to tell you about is The Blessing and the Curse by Derek Prince. Now, Derek Prince, as many of you know, one of the greatest uh, preachers of all time, very middle-of-the-road preacher, very straight. You know, he uh, used to be a professor at Cambridge University in England, and he's probably put out more um, books, you know, that uh, people are still, you know, being blessed by today than any other ministry known. And, you know, of course, uh, in his later years, uh, he went back in and wrote some of the, the pivotal books on deliverance to this day still, uh, bestsellers. And, you know, a lot of people came against Derek Prince. But, uh, you know, he had no option but to obey the Lord and preach the truth. You know, it would offend many, still does today. You know, that a Christian can be demonized, but, you know, Jesus came to set the captives free. And it says, deliverance is the children's bread. So, it's for the believer. All we've got to do is appropriate it, <clears throat> and, uh, you know, in Jesus' name, we can be set free. And back to the issue of the generational curses, you know, these things are real. So, I told my brother, and he said, wow, that's a confirmation. And then he said, well, hey, let me tell you what happened to our other brother. We've got another brother who was in Jacksonville at the time, and... He said uh, he was laying in bed one night, 
and all of a sudden he couldn't move. He was frozen, and he looks up, and there's a a demonic spirit. He could see it. It was like a black figure on top of him, and he managed to say, "Rebuke you in Jesus' name." He said when he did that, uh, the demon lifted up off of him, ran out of the room and out of his condo, and slammed the door behind him as he left. And so he, at that point, uh, you know, was beside himself and was trying to get some counseling. Well. What we ended up doing is uh, my brothers and I got on the phone a few days later, went through one of the Derek Prince's uh, generational curse-breaking audios, and we we agreed with Derek Prince on the the radio program that we were playing, and uh, we asked God to break the curses of our fathers, and I believe that night we were set free. But uh, listen, generational curses are real. Demons are real. So, uh, you know, Understand that uh, that's who we're doing warfare out there with, folks. Now, uh, before I get into the uh, classic radio archive tonight, this is a rare audio, probably has never been heard by by most people out there. I'm sure this would be uh, like a gold nugget for those of you like me who just you know love Win Worley and his ministry, and uh, you know thanks to Charles Holtzhauser, Charles Holtzhauser. Um, one of the uh, most powerful deliverance ministers, ministers uh, in New York City. And he used to hold tent revivals, as the story goes, and you know, the anointing of God would be so great on the man that people would be driving by in their cars and would get set free of demonic spirits. Now, I mean, praise God, and that's the anointing of God. You know, praise, the, praise God and His Holy Spirit, the Son, Jesus Christ. A um, good friend of mine, Rich Keltner, Watchman Radio, had uh, told me about Charlie Holtzhauser, we call him Charlie Holtzhauser, and uh, I went out to find him, and he was still alive, praise God, and tracked him down, and uh, we've had him on the show already, so I'm hoping to do some more programs with him. And uh, Charles Holtzhauser, his website, for any of you interested, is yahwayswarriors.com. It's up in our show notes. And, of course, uh, if you enjoy uh, this program, by all means, get in contact with Brother Holtzhauser. He has thousands of audios in his archives. And uh, Wynn Worley, wrwpublications.com, and uh, the parent church, of course, is Wynn Worley's church, uh, pastored by his son-in-law, Mike Thierer, Hegewich Church in Highland, Indiana. And they're going to be having a deliverance conference coming up in, I think, less than 10 days. I believe it is the 23rd. You can go over to hbcdelivers.org and uh, look up the dates on that. And if you're interested in seeing deliverance firsthand, Maybe you're interested in becoming a deliverance minister. Maybe you need deliverance. Um, make your way up there. It'll be a three-day uh, seminar. They'll be showing a one Worley a video marathon, um, several speakers, uh, nightly deliverance, culminating in the mass deliverance on Saturday night. And if you've never been part of one of those, you know we did one of those over the air last night, but to be in service, I mean... If you do not believe in demons, uh, you will when you leave there because they'll be going off like popcorn all around you. It's just amazing. But, you know, once they get in there, it's over with. And uh, people go in there bound up and they leave set free. So I'm going to try to make my way up there. Uh, If you're going to be in town, hope to see you there. God willing, I hope to do it. Uh, I'm going to read a uh, verse out of Scripture. I want to thank a sister for giving me this today. I believe this is uh, timely. And then I'm going to go right right into the program. And I want to just say uh, uh, that, excuse me, uh, tomorrow will be the, before I do that, tomorrow will be the uh, uh, two-hour special. We're going to be running uh, 8 to 10. I'm going to have on Pastor Dennis Williams doing the generational curses teaching. And then at 10.30, you do not want to miss William Lau, the Elijah Challenge. He's going to be doing a two-hour training on how you can go out and move in the ministry of healing, deliverance. And uh, he's going to be teaching us what our uh, authority is using the Scripture. So it's going to be an awesome opportunity to get out there and get get this information and go with it. Okay, I'm going to go over to Psalm 140. Here we go. Deliver me, O Lord, from the evil man. Preserve me from the violent man which imagine mischiefs in their heart. Continually are they gathered together for war. They have sharpened their tongues like a serpent. 
adder's poison is under the lips, Salah. Keep me, O Lord, from the hands of the wicked. Preserve me from the violent man who have purposed to overthrow my goings. The proud have hit a snare for me, and cords, they have spread a net by the wayside. They have set gems for me, Salah. I said unto the Lord, Thou art my God. Hear the voice of my supplications, O Lord. O God, the Lord, the strength of my salvation, Thou hast covered my head in the day of battle. Grant not, O Lord, the desires of the wicked, further not his wicked device, lest they exalt themselves, Salah. As for the head of those that compass me about, let the mischief of their own lips cover them. Let burning coals fall upon them. Let them be cast into the fire, into deep pits, that they rise not up again. Let not an evil speaker be established in the earth. Evil shall hunt the violent man to overthrow him. I know that the Lord will maintain the cause of the afflicted and the right of the poor. Surely the righteous shall give thanks unto thy name. The upright shall dwell in thy presence. That's Psalms 140, verses 1 through 13. I stand on that. Uh, in this day, there's a lot of attacks coming for ministers of the gospel that will get up and speech, preach the truth of God in this last day. And, uh, you know, we may not make friends telling people the truth, but, uh, you know, I'm not in the business uh, to make money, folks. I'm not in the business to um, become a friend to everyone in the world. It says, come out of the midst of them and be a separate people. You know, uh, true love is telling your friend the truth, not lying to them, because one day soon we will all stand before God and we'll give an accounting. And so uh, I have no option but to tell the truth, because if I don't, as a watchman, the blood will be my on my hands and be, a, and be required of me. So uh, I want to thank you all for coming in and uh, being a part of the Omega Man Ready family. Hope that you would tell a friend. Uh, we hope to bring in a lot of uh, new programs, new interviews uh, on the air. And uh, without further ado, let me go ahead and crank up this uh, program. If you're tuning in, you're listening to uh, Omega Man Radio. My name is Shannon Davis. Our new website is going to be omegamanradio.com. So I'd love to hear from you. If you've got a guest that you want me to bring on, uh, shoot me an email. I'll go try to get them for you. And uh, now I'm going to play Charles Holtzhauser. Interviewing Wynn Worley. Stand by. This is Pastor Holtzhauser speaking, and I trust that this tape cassette entitled Reverend Wynn Worley Interviewed will serve to edify the body of Christ, serve to increase the knowledge that God's people need to have concerning the powers of darkness that the Lord has commissioned us to come against. The interview was taped at the studios of the Gospel Revival Church of God and has been prepared and distributed exclusively for you. It's my prayer now that this message will serve to bless your life. Here now, the interview between myself and Reverend Wynn Worley. Reverend Worley, so good of you to come and to be with us this morning on the broadcast. I wonder if you might come at this time and to extend a word of greeting and a word of blessing to our listeners this morning. It's a real blessing and privilege to be here and to bring you greetings from the saints at the Hegwish Baptist Church in Highland, Indiana, just south of Hammond. And we have a continuing deliverance ministry. We have salvation, healing, and deliverance, and have had for some years now. And the Lord is blessing in a wonderful way, and we're glad to share it across the country to those who are willing to listen. Brother Worley, I personally have read the three books that you have been, by the grace of God, able to get into the hands of the Christian community. I understand there is a fourth one on the way, but many of our listeners this morning have read these books, others that may have heard of them and have not gotten to them as yet. I wonder if you might spend a few moments commenting on the books, how they came to be, and how that you feel God is using them to bring to pass the power of the Holy Ghost in this aspect of the ministry of Jesus Christ, the ministry of deliverance. Well, Battling the Host of Hell was the first book written 
it was written in um, it's been out the longest of course and it is the basic book and tells the story of how God threw a small Southern Baptist church into deliverance headlong and then later into the gifts of the Spirit and moved us into a tremendous uh, ministry that has spread out all over the country now and then this, the supplement of that book is called Conquering the Host of Hell and then the third book is called Demolishing the Host of Hell and the fourth book that's getting ready to go to the printers now is called Annihilating the Host of Hell, the Battle Royal and it's a continuing story of destruction of the enemy. Jesus was manifested to destroy the works of the devil and this is exactly what we are doing and teaching other believers everywhere to do and the books are good workbooks to help people to get into deliverance. Many people have gone into deliverance ministry by using the books as guides. And uh, we just praise the Lord for what he's doing. He's using the books and the tapes to do this. Brother Willie, we have featured here at the Gospel Revival Church of God the three books that already are in print. And, of course, we'll be expecting to receive a shipment of the fourth book as soon as it is uh, been produced. But I wonder, for the benefit of our listeners this morning, could you give to them the address that they might write to to acquire these books and these tapes for themselves? Yes, if they want to contact us directly, they can write to uh, just HBC, just the initials, HBC, uh, Box 626, Lansing, Illinois, 60438. That's Box 626, Lansing, Illinois, 60438 and we have books, tapes and tracks on deliverance. We have about 46 or 47 tracks on deliverance that have been extracted from the books and these too have been used across the country. We have tapes that are when people listen to them they receive deliverance in their living room, in their cars, wherever they're listening and the demons begin to manifest and come out of them and uh, this is something we didn't anticipate when we made the tapes but they are being used of the Lord in this way and we just praise the Lord for it. Reverend Rowley, I want to ask you uh, this morning a question that I believe is on the hearts and minds of many of our listeners, a question of terms. We hear the terms vexed, we hear the terms oppressed, we hear the terms possessed, we hear the terms demonized. I wonder if you might comment on those four terms, perhaps define them for us if you would, and give a word of explanation to help to edify the members of the body of Christ who are listening in right now. Well, the confusion has come over the English translation. There is no confusion in the Greek. If you go back to the Greek New Testament, you will find that there are only a few expressions used concerning demons. One says to be demoned, to be demonized, and to be demoned, and, or to have a demon. Now, those three expressions, to be demoned, to be demonized or to have a demon are the only ones used and they are translated in our English translation as possessed, vexed, to have a demon or in this, this manner. Now the thing that usually causes so much problem is possession. If you talk with people about having a demon they immediately say you think I'm possessed and they become all upset. When actually it's very unlikely that they're possessed because uh, possession is a term that's much more inclusive than the original language indi indicated at all. For instance, if I had a house and I said I have possession of the house, you would understand that I meant that I could go into every room, every closet, into the basement, into every cupboard, into the attic. I would have free access to every part of that house if I had possession. On the other hand, if I, had, if I said to you, I have possession of the closet under the stairway, then you would understand me to have relative freedom within that closet. But in other parts of the house, I would be either restricted or it would be strictly off limits to me. The demons operate in highly specialized areas of the life. And so possession is not the best term. As a matter of fact, for a believer, since his spirit is sealed by the Holy Spirit, it's impossible for him to be possessed. Thank you very much. In the, in the sixth chapter of the book that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus, he makes this statement, 
We wrestle not against flesh and blood, or our conflict is not with man, but with principalities, with powers, with the rulers of darkness of this world, with wicked spirits in high places. Now, it seems to me, Reverend Worley, this morning, that there are listed four specific categories of demonic power or demonic influence. I wonder if you might comment on those four categories and perhaps share with us some of the experiences that you have had in dealing with members of those various categories. Well, there definitely are ranks of angelic uh, persons that were cast out of heaven with Lucifer, and the highest ranking ones seem to be those in the rank of principality. And as you mentioned in, in Ephesians, Paul mentions principalities and powers, and other places it's also mentioned thrones, dominions, world rulers, kings and princes are also mentioned. And these are all angelic ranks. Uh, I think I've talked with representatives of most of these segments, and they do have varying ranks of power. The principalities usually are the ancient ones. It comes from a word that we the word archaeology or archaic from, meaning the ancient ones. And they uh, seemingly have the most power. They have delegated authority from Lucifer. Uh, in Luke 10:19, it says, Behold, I give you power. The word is authority or power, delegated authority over all the power of the delegated authority of the enemy. And the principalities have their authority delegated from Lucifer. And then uh, the powers, thrones, dominions, world rulers, kings and princes are likewise involved in the uh, superstructure. And the demonic hierarchy is highly stratified. And as you move into battle with them, you learn that some are stronger than others, some have more authority, and it depends on their degree of power and authority, how much power it takes to blast them loose. But the name of Jesus is sufficient, but you must be persistent. And in all cases, they must yield to the name of Jesus, although they will resist this savagely. A defeated army can put up quite a scrap if they decide to go all out in fighting. And you have to remember that the enemy must report to Satan and report their failure and this accounts for their savage resistance to being put to flight by believers armed with the name and the authority of Jesus Christ. Brother Worley, our time for this morning's broadcast is rapidly winding down. We've got about two and a half minutes to go. I wonder if before we leave this morning, first of all, would you come and be back with us again on tomorrow's broadcast? I'd be happy to. Look forward to that then. But before we leave the air today... In the closing minutes of the broadcast, I believe in my spirit there are persons looking in that recognize, by the grace of God, their very own need for the power of the Holy Ghost in their life to minister Bible deliverance. And I would like to ask you to come, sir, one more time and pray a prayer. The Bible says when you pray by faith, believing all things are possible. For those precious listeners looking in right now that know that they need Bible deliverance, would you pray that God minister this power to them right here over the air? Father in heaven, we come and we ask on behalf of those of your children who realize that they are under the power and influence from time to time of forces that are twisting and hindering their, their work for you, their growth, those that are producing uh, compulsive behavior within them. We bind those wicked spirits. Satan, we rebuke you from the authority of the third heaven, high above Satan, high above principalities, powers, thrones, dominions, world rulers, kings, and princes. I bind your power over those who are listening, whose hearts are open to the Lord, and who have a deep desire to be free. We bind your wicked spirits and command you to loose the people and let them go in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Satan, we come against the inherited curses that are upon the people, and particularly against the curse of Leviathan. I break the curse of Leviathan over the people who are listening, and if it's in the family, I break it even back to ten generations on both sides of the family, destroy every legal hold, every legal ground, and Leviathan, you are bound, you come out of the people now, in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Brother Worley, so good of you to come back and to be with us again this morning on the broadcast. And I should like, sir, to pick up 
the interview where we left off yesterday. We had touched lightly on the subject of body, spirit, and mind. And uh, this morning, for the benefit of our listeners, I wonder if you might enlarge upon these terms and perhaps you can give us some insight into how demon powers operate in these areas of the human being. One of the problems that people have concerning deliverance is that uh, they have difficulty believing that a Christian can have a demon. And actually, uh, this is due to a misconception of scriptures. No scripture says that a Christian cannot have a demon in the first place. Uh, Those that quote the scriptures uh, glibly and say that the Holy Spirit can't coexist and so forth are merely twisting scriptures because it simply doesn't say it. And as a matter of fact, it isn't true. Many people are deceived by it. But let me see if I can put it on a level that everyone could grasp it. Uh, We, as uh, human beings, are three-part beings, body, soul, and spirit. I think anyone who studies the scriptures, to any degree at all, would understand that to be a true statement. We are body, soul, and spirit. And we need to examine and think about what part of us is saved at the moment we receive Jesus Christ as our Savior. Now, I think most people would say, well, uh, you could say, is my body saved? Well, no, it's still having some problems. And the body, you see, is controlled by the soul. The soulish area is mind, will, and emotions. Our minds are certainly not saved. They are still having difficulty in being made over into the image of God's dear Son as we move into the Word of God, into spiritual gifts and exercises to prepare us to be what God wants us to be. But our minds have certainly not been made perfect yet. Our wills are not always set in the direction God wants us to go, for we still have difficulty to will correctly, even though we've been born again. Our emotions have not been made over yet completely, for in the emotions, emotional area, we do not always react correctly emotionally to every situation that we meet. So that leaves only our spirit, which has been, is the area that has definitely been saved. Now the spirit of man is where God is operating. The scripture in the New Testament, we are told that the Holy Spirit himself is the seal of our inheritance and he himself constitutes the earnest or the legal down payment to guarantee God will keep the purchasing agreement. And as we receive Christ, the Holy Spirit himself moves in to seal us against the day of redemption. Now this is not only confirmed by scripture, but the enemy himself has conceded on numerous occasions that he was unable to even so much as touch the spirit or the seal on the spirit and certainly could not do anything about it. Now the spirit, we pray out of our spirit with a language that God gives us when we are baptized in the spirit and this is the pure language. Everyone who has experienced this, who is knowledgeable in the area of spiritual gifts will concede that when you pray out of the spirit you are praying a perfect prayer. You are praying with an unction that is not the same and uh, as other areas of prayer. And so the Spirit itself is where the sealing takes place. Now, if you understand that the demons are operating in the area of the soul, the mind, the will, the emotions, which control in turn the body, then you're on the way to understanding the concept of how the demons operate and why they're causing difficulties. Demons have uh, their tracks, or literally in our lives. You can spot them and spot their activity, for they, they drive, they harass, they torment, and they produce compulsive behavior. And this compulsive behavior will cause us to slow down, to stop or reverse in our spiritual growth and progress. And this is how you generally spot the working of a demon and know that there is one there. He is giving evidence of his presence. He must be ferreted out and rooted out in the name of Jesus. And God has made a remedy for this. 
people are not automatically delivered of spirits when they are saved. They think they are, but this is not a, a scriptural concept at all. The means for deliverance is certainly there, but it must be exercised. If you uh, are going to say that every person is delivered of every spirit the moment they get saved, then you must also, if you're going to follow the same logic and be consistent, you must say that every person in the world is saved. But Jesus paid the price to buy the entire world, and the sins of the whole world are covered by his blood. But only those who accept and receive and take part in this uh, redemption are, the, are saved. Likewise, those who have been saved, the provision has been made for their deliverance, but it must be procured and accepted and received and sought after, even as salvation. Brother Willie, the Bible says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. And uh, I wonder if you might come, sir, and to explain to our listeners this morning some of the things that God's people need to be aware of. Some of the things that God's people need to refrain from to uh, ensure themselves as uh, a people that are, are, are sanctified before God, people that are separated from the influences of these demonic powers. And while you're gathering your thoughts on that question, I should like to take the listeners with us right now into a live service. They'll actually hear a demon spirit speaking. I was casting out demon powers from a woman who claimed to be born again, claimed to be saved by the power of God, and yet demonic influence was still a very a vital, a very significant aspect of her overall being. I'd like the listeners to listen as these demon powers speak, and then when you come back, to come and to explain to us what should we watch out for. The earth, things under the earth. You are defeated, devil. You are de oh, you can spit and curse all you want, but you are defeated, and tonight you're coming out. You're coming out tonight. God brought you all the way here from Brooklyn to cast you out. You had no power to stop this woman from coming here. You had no power. You tried to stop her, but you couldn't stop her. Because God wanted her to be in this service tonight. And God's going to give us the victory over you. Hallelujah. Who do you think has her down and sick? That she can't walk. I know who. You do. I'm going to keep her there. Tonight's her night. I'm not going to go to church anymore. I'm going to keep her. Devil, you are a liar. You are a liar. What is your name? Fine. How do you know it all? I'm talking to you, Satan. What is your name? I'm talking to you, too. You know it all. Fine. Now be yourself. You know it all. You know God's word said I have more power than you. <laughs> the hell <of> God. <laughs> you know God has given me power over you, and tonight you're coming out. Tonight you're coming out. See who's stronger, me or you? You'll get tired. If I have to wrestle you till tomorrow morning, I'll be here, devil. Nah, you won't. <laughs> I'm going to cast you out and walk in dry places. You know what's in those dry places? You can't even Pastor Holt Sounds is speaking. You are in tune to the Gospel Revival Hour. My very special guest with me this morning, Reverend Wynn Worley, the pastor of the Hedgewish Baptist Church. Brother Willie, what should the Christian be aware of? What things should they refrain from to better ensure themselves against the powers of darkness? One of the, one of the areas that, of course, we must refrain from, of course, is sin. I would presume that would go without um, speaking to most Christians. You understand that habitual sin is one of the quickest ways to open the door for evil spirits to attack you and your body and in your mind, your soul, your soulish area. Now, other there are other things that you can do that are very foolish and hurtful. The occult is perhaps one of the worst areas that you can become involved in. And the occult area has been upgraded by the devil and has been given new names, and it's now called parapsychology. And so people are studying it in college and universities, and therefore they are... Uh, supposedly have made it nice and right which is not true at all because God has put the death penalty on every single form and practice of the occult if you read the Bible you will find that God universally disclaims the uh, abominations of the occult every occult practice carries the death penalty without exception 
And if you dabble in it, you have come under a curse from God to the third and fourth generation. This is because when you reach out for supernatural power and knowledge through the occult, you are literally reaching out to other gods, and God has put a third and fourth generation curse on everyone who dares to do this. That means that when you played with the Ouija board, you were cursed, your children were cursed, your grandchildren were cursed, your great-grandchildren were cursed. That means that when you consulted the horoscopes and astrology charts, you were cursed, your children were cursed, your grandchildren were cursed, your great-grandchildren were cursed, and there you go, right on down the, right on down the list. And every area of the occult is this way. Any kind of witchcraft, karate, the martial arts, uh, the psychics, all kinds of psychic phenomena, spiritualism, all of these areas will open you wide open to many harmful and hurtful spirits that will have to be dislodged in Jesus' mighty name, for there is no other way to set you free except the mighty name of Jesus. Reverend Worley, so good of you to come and to be with us again this morning. I wonder if you might come once again and extend a word of greeting and blessing to our listeners. And then, sir, I'd like you to comment on a question that's oftentimes put to me. People come and they will say that in the Scriptures, Jesus oftentimes rebuked demon spirits to speak. And yet we know from the ministry of deliverance, certainly from your own ministry, sir, that many times demon spirits are actually engaged in conversation. Will you comment on that, please, for us this morning? Yes, this is a very common thing that people are imagining that Jesus forbade that you ever speak with demons at all. And they point out, well, Jesus forbade the demon to speak. But the thing they fail to do is to read the rest of the scripture. The next verse tells you why. It says that he forbade them to speak because they knew who he was. The thing that Jesus did was to refuse to allow the demons to let the world know prematurely that he was indeed the very Son of God. If you read the Gospel accounts carefully, you'll find that within a week to ten days after his deadly enemies knew that he indeed was claiming to be the Messiah, the very Son of God, they had him on a cross. And the demons began from the very first part of his ministry to proclaim who he was. The one in the synagogue stood up and said, We know who you are, thou son of David, the son of God. And he forbade him to speak. And uh, this is the reason that Jesus told them not to speak, not because he was opposed to demon speaking, but because they were going to give away the fact that he was indeed the Son of God, and by doing this prematurely, they would call, precipitate his enemies' attack on him before his ministry on earth was finished. And this was the one and the only reason. Now, we are at war. You wouldn't know it by most churches, but we are at war. Uh, the Bible is full of war. God, our God, is a God of war. In Old and New Testament, we are told that uh, we are at, in a spiritual war. The entire Bible is a handbook of warfare on how to defeat the devil. Now, Christians are to be the ones armed with the weapons of warfare that will defeat and destroy the works of the devil. And we are to be the ones who charge the enemy, attack him, and in warfare you capture enemy troops at times. And the thing you do with enemy troops, you interrogate them, you find out what they know. It would be foolish to say, well, this enemy troop, uh, these enemy troops we've captured uh, know a great deal about the enemy and the strategy and the weapons and so forth that he has, but they would lie to us because they're enemies and they would seek to deceive us, therefore we will not question them at all. How foolish. No army operates on that basis. Every army that has ever been will interrogate the army that they capture. The higher the rank of the officers, the more information they have that can be wrung from them and checked out and used against the enemy. And this is exactly what God purposes in this. You say, well, I'll just depend on the Lord. Well, the Lord will supply some things, but he also allows you to force information from the enemy. It's very humiliating for the enemy himself to give up information, which he should not give up, but can be pressured under spiritual pressure to give up and use this same, this same information to defeat him. 
Now, this sort of thing was done over and over again, and we have found it to be extremely successful. And people who shut off the demons and say we will not allow them to speak under any circumstances, we will not allow them to manifest, they also don't get the demons out. Reverend Worley, we have with us here in the studio a tape, cassette, a tape that was taped of you dealing with a person who was demonized. You were casting demon spirits out. In fact, the tape will serve to illustrate, I believe, that which you just explained. I'd like to invite our listeners to go with us by way of this tape into that service. And when we come back, would you be prepared, sir, to answer the question as to why it is that there is such opposition against the deliverance ministry among the ministers and the members of the charismatic movement. Right now, listen, as you and I, with Reverend Worley, are right there listening as demon spirits are cast out in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Come out then. No. Come right out of here. I can't. Why not? Why not? Why not? Why not? No, I can't. Am I going to have to love you now? No. I'm going to break the curses that bind you into his very innermost being. No. Yes. Yes, no. I cut those cords in Jesus' name. I cut all the ungodly soul ties that give you power and bind you and feed you in Jesus' name. I order them cut. Now I order civil war. In I order the demons to attack one another. Now, in Jesus' name, I want them to just be destroying each other. Put fear and suspicion in their minds against each other. Have them fall upon each other and destroy, destroy. You're programmed to destroy, demon. Come on. You're programmed to destroy, yes. yes. Destroy the leader first. No. Destroy the leader first, demons. No. Attack. No. Charge. Charge. He's the enemy. Charge. No. Charge. Charge. <coughs> Charge. Charge. Throw him out. <coughs> Charge. Throw him out. 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 More. 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 Charge. 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 Let's have civil war. Let's have civil war. I order all out civil war in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. Come on. Move, move. Come on. All out civil war. Attack, attack, attack. Throw the little ones, the little ones. Throw him out. Throw him out quick, lest you go to the fire. 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 Leave me alone. Cut that ruler loose. Angels, go in there and cut him loose. Cut him loose. Now, attack. Attack. You are programmed to destroy. Of course. Now destroy the enemy. No, I won't. Destroy each I other. Destroy That's an order. That's an order. No, I, I gave you an order in no. the mighty name of Jesus Christ. From the power of the third heaven Why in Jesus' name. Why don't you go name. away, you foul man. Lord. <laughs> you keep coming back. You've got work to do in your office. Go away. I hate you. <laughs> I'm comforting you. You leave me alone. I don't need your comfort. <laughs> Why do you have to go to New York City? You're always going to be crying and going, sticking your big fat hands into things that are you're not your concern. They are my concern. No, they're not. Yes, I have a commission. You, I don't care. <laughs> my commission has come from, it has a seal no, on it. You want no. to see it? We're going to destroy everything. Are you really? Yes, we are. We're working tooth and nail, Worley. You're right about that. Mm. Did you Did you notice what I said tonight? I don't care. You've got to stop binding those spirits. Don't you understand? How about no. loosing? No, leave them alone. We loose the spirits of God you on you. In Jesus' name, now. You can't Angels, change come anything. In. No, no, you can't change it. Will that answer stand the judgment? Leave the, Will that answer stand the judgment? Leave the heaven. Leave them alone. Leave them alone. <laughs> leave them alone. That is our realm. Well, praise the Lord. That may be their realm now, but God is raising up an army to come against them in the mighty name of Jesus to bring down the strongholds of Satan and to give the victory to the church of a living God. Reverend Worley, why is the deliverance ministry, in your opinion, met or met with such tremendous opposition from ministers and members of the charismatic movement? Well, I think that the reason is because of a blind spot that the devil has managed to put on many men and women of God who are godly people and who love the Lord and love the Word, and yet they are not willing to concede the truth of the demonic. When I first got into this, I couldn't believe the intense opposition that was against this. You can have an evangelistic ministry and be fairly 
well liked in the Christian community. Yeah. You can have a healing ministry, and most people will be glad that people are getting healed and uh, sicknesses are being taken care of. But when you get into deliverance, you have absolutely everybody against you. And then I found the scriptures in the Gospels in two accounts. In one uh, Gospel, Jesus says, If I by the finger of God, in another he says, If I by the Spirit of God cast out devils, then the kingdom of God is coming to you or come among you. And it began to become clear to me that the reason for the intense opposition of the devil to the deliverance ministry was the fact that in deliverance you have an open confrontation between Satan and his demons and the forces of God. And this confrontation is so public and so open that you see immediately the consternation and the defeat of the enemy much to Satan's dismay. He does not want this. Therefore, he has marshaled all kinds of arguments, semantic arguments, theological arguments, uh, rational arguments, and every kind of thing you can imagine in the minds of sincere believers against deliverance. And it, uh, it is not biblical. Uh, to oppose deliverance because Jesus ordered it, constituted one-third of his ministry. How can you throw away one-third of Jesus' ministry and say it doesn't exist or it isn't for the people of God? It's the bread for the children. The bread of the children is deliverance. The Syrophoenician woman came and said that she wanted deliverance, and this is bread for the children. It is for today. Thank God he is setting the captives free. My very special guest with me again this morning on the broadcast evangelist, lecturer, pastor of the Head Wish Baptist Church, Reverend Wynne Worley. And we're here again today to discuss the various aspects of the Bible ministry entitled Deliverance. Reverend Worley, so good of you to be back with us again this morning on the broadcast. And I wonder this morning if we could discuss the matter of Halloween. The occasion is coming up. I know that the school systems will be infiltrated with the Halloween material and data programming the children concerning Halloween. Could you come this morning, sir, and to answer the question, what should the Christian's viewpoint be towards Halloween? Well, there's very little you can do to rescue something that's as evil as Halloween. Uh, it's amazing. This is another thing that the enemy has managed to brainwash us into accepting as believers and just thinking all of these little symbols and things are harmless, and they are not. Any good encyclopedia will take you back and trace down all the antecedents of Halloween, tell you what it's all about, the witches, the jack-o'-lanterns, all the trappings that go with Halloween have to do with the powers of darkness, and it is a high holiday for the forces of evil in our country and around the world. This Halloween, and it's every Halloween, there will be a lot of human sacrifices offered. Babies will be killed, murdered, on satanic altars across the country. This is a proven fact. This has been attested to again and again and uh, by those who come out of these hellish places. And for Christians to have any part in the celebration of this is really an abomination. Every Christian should back off from this thing, have nothing to do with it. Now, that's my considered opinion. If we uh, dabble with these things, we are likely to get into serious trouble, for God has declared this sort of thing to be an abomination, a vile thing, and we are not to have any part of it. We are to abhor them, detest them, and have nothing to do with them whatsoever. That's my opinion. Thank you so very much, Reverend Worley. We have a tape here with us this morning in the broadcasting studio booth, and on the tape is a conversation that took place between you and a person who was demonized, a person that you were ministering to, and I thought that it might be of interest to our listeners this morning to play about three or four minutes of the clip so they can actually hear demon power speaking out of a human being. And when we come back from listening to the tape, I want you to consider the question, if you would please, Reverend Roy, this morning, considering rock music. I've heard it said that rock music, for the most part, is satanic. And when we come back, I'm going to be asking you about that. Right now, let's go into that service where you are casting spirits out 
in the mighty name of Jesus. No, no, Thing. We want to reverse Whoa, it. We thought we had everything sewed up. You did? Yes, of course. Just go show you don't know everything, do you? Oh. Look at me. We still have all the money. Look at me. Well, we're going to transfer We've the funds to We've political power, so you won't we're, have any we're gonna, money. We're going to transfer it over oh, to us. Oh, no. We're going to put in a transfer order. No, you won't. Yeah, we'll send no, the angels no. after it. Angels, go and bring the wealth. Oh, no. It belongs to us. It's no, gone rightfully no. taken away from God's people and bring no, it to us. No. Yes. In Jesus we take name. it all the way through mm-hmm. the IRS. We can mm-hmm. get it all. Well, and just destroy and confuse the IRS. No, no. We lose legions upon legions We're already of attacking your people. You are? Yes, of course, the Michael. There was one. Mm-hmm. And we're binding, though, aren't we? I don't care. It, it, it makes a difference, doesn't it? Is, is it true that you have to be ordered to attack us? Is it? Is it? I don't know. We... Is it? 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 The books are helping. Oh, the the tape, the tape. Oh, what tape? Annihilating is a good book. Oh, no, it's not out yet. It's not out. But I'm working on it. Ah, you. We'll make it too, won't we? No, you won't. Won't. They're not bestsellers. What do you care? (laughs) (laughs) You read them. Praise the Lord. This is Brother Holt Siles here in tune to the Gospel Revival Hour. My special guest with me this morning, nationally known man of God, pastor, lecturer, author, Reverend Winworthy. We are discussing the subject of Bible deliverance. Brother Worley, what about rock music? Is it satanic? Can you comment for us this morning? Uh, Rock music is the first invasion from the East that has succeeded with tremendous power. The Beatles introduced it uh, and got it really going in this country. And rock music is a direct lift from the Eastern religions the rock beat is used in Hinduism, it's used in Voodooism, it's used in devil worship services around the world. It's even used by Satan worshipers to get things set and for witchcraft covens to get their uh, members all set up and psyched up for their rights. And rock and roll music is one of the most deadly things. It assaults the very uh, being of the person. It was made to be felt. The lyrics are rather incidental. The melody is inconsequential. It's the beat that makes the difference. And we have dealt with rock and roll spirits repeatedly across the country, and every one of them testified to the fact that the beat is the important thing. And, of course, this is filtered over into the Christian era also. And uh, actually, if rock, the rock beat is there, the damage is done, and it opens the mind for the attack of evil spirits. Now, some people are more susceptible than others, but if you go to a rock concert and see people under the influence of the spirits that are moving in a rock festival, and then you can go to some religious gatherings and they look very similar. There's something wrong, because rock is pure beat, and the music, you see, was designed with three parts, melody, harmony, and rhythm. Each one of those parts appeals to one one part of us, we're body, soul, and spirit. And the part that, uh, of music that appeals to the body is rhythm. And when rhythm is overemphasized, well, when, when melody, harmony, and rhythm are in reasonable balance, the music has a very pleasing effect on us. But when one element is overemphasized, then the music becomes a little out of kilter, 
and for example, when rhythm is overemphasized, the body begins to respond to it and move. And this is what you have in rock, which is pure beat. And it is used in demonic uh, syncopation to open the mind to the invasion of wicked spirits. And it's very dangerous. Reverend Worley, you're pastoring the Hegwish Baptist Church. You have lectured all over the nation. You are the author of several books, Battling the Hosts of Hell, Conquering the Hosts of Hell, Demolishing the Hosts of Hell. Of course, a fourth book is getting ready to be put into print. There are tracks, there are tapes available. And for the benefit of our listeners this morning, could you come and tell our folks where they can write to to acquire information on the ministry of the Hedgewish Baptist Church, where they can write to to obtain some of these books and some of these tapes? Well, they can write to HBC, just the initials of the church, HBC, Box 626. Lansing, Illinois, 60438. That's box 626. Lansing, Illinois, 60438. 60438 in Lansing, Illinois. If I may take just a moment, too, to make an announcement here at this point. This very night, I will be ministering in Brooklyn, New York, the Upper Room Christian Fellowship. One service only tonight. At 7.30 p.m., the address is 2616 Cropsey Avenue in Brooklyn, New York. One service tonight only. And for all of my many friends in the Brooklyn area, why not come out and be with me tonight at 7.30 p.m., the Upper Room Christian Fellowship, 2616 Cropsey Avenue in Brooklyn, New York. Brother Worley, I believe we have time for one more question this morning before we leave the air. And the question is this, evil spirits, what are they? And how are they expelled? Time is short. If we don't get through, perhaps we can pick it up again tomorrow on the broadcast. But what is an evil spirit? How are they expelled? My understanding of evil spirits is that it's synonymous with the term devil, or the word translated devil in the King James, which is actually demon, and because devil uh, correctly is only applied to Satan himself. But the demons are the angels who followed Satan into rebellion and were cast out of heaven as a consequence. Now the word demon is the same word as spirit, and spirit is synonymous with breath, and most of the evil spirits come in and out through the breathing passages, although they have been known to come out other places. But most of them will come out through the breathing passages, and they can be cast out in Jesus' name. There would be no reason for Jesus to leave the instructions to cast out evil All right, I think that that is the end of that broadcast. You have been listening to Mega Man Radio. I've been playing a classic tape interview with uh, Reverend Charles Holtzhauser, who was interviewing Wynn Worley, uh, two of the greatest uh, deliverance pioneers of all time, Charles Holtzhauser and Pastor Wynn Worley. If you go into our show notes tonight, you can see that... Uh, I've got the websites up for Charles Holtzhauser. It's yahwayswarriors.com. I also have a link to wrwpublications.com where you can go and access a vast archive of books, audios, and videos of Wynn Worley, Pastor Michael Thierer, and other great deliverance ministers and order those online. Folks, this is what is needed in these last days. Deliverance teaching, solid material based on the Word of God. This is uh, worth its weight in gold, so I would encourage you to go out and order some of these tapes from both ministries. Uh, in just a moment, I'm going to pay a clip. I want to uh, shout out to General Tom Briggs, Salt Ministries, Michael Cruz, and Elizabeth Nebenfuhr. And I'd like to encourage you also to check out their website. It is www.saltministries.com dot wordpress dot com and uh, I hope that you have enjoyed this program tonight I hope to bring more quality uh, programs to you the days and months ahead we need uh, to spread the word about a Mega Man Radio so tell a friend uh, if you got an email list shoot them a link and say hey go check out a Mega Man Radio you know I appreciate uh, 
all the word of mouth advertising you can give this program. You know, this is a uh, work of love. Uh, God has called me to uh, get on the airwaves. I'm supposed to have done it five years ago, folks. <laughs> I had to repent for that. But, uh, you know, better late than ever. So, uh, again, tune in tomorrow night. We're going to have Elijah Challenge, founder William Lau, doing a on-air Elijah Challenge training. You don't want to miss that. And then we're also going to have uh, Pastor Dennis Williams, associate pastor of a Miracle Internet Church, doing a teaching on generational curses and how to break them with a mass deliverance on the air. All right, so God bless you. You've been listening to Omega Man Radio. I'm your host, Shannon Davis. I want to thank you for joining me tonight. And each and every night that we do a program, we're trying to build up enough momentum that uh, I can do a program for you daily is God gives me the strength love to hear from you love to get uh, some guest suggestions from any of you out there that uh, would like to have someone on special if you've got any prayer requests we'd like to have them we'll pray over them we're going to start uh, also opening lines taking live calls for prayer healing deliverance right over the air I'm just uh, trying to get a handle on my uh, switchboard equipment here. It's all done on a laptop, so uh, kind of an automated software solution through Blog Talk Radio right now. And uh, as God opens the doors, hope to expand this and you know be able to improve the quality of the program. But right now, I want to go ahead and pray for those listening live, for those that may be listening in the archive. Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ, I want to thank you for your people out there that have tuned in tonight or through the MP3. God, you know their special needs tonight. I'm asking, God, that uh, you would meet their needs. Father, many of us have found ourselves in a different economic landscape than last year. There's many people listening without jobs, not sure where the next paycheck is coming from. And, God, we know that we have time still before you return, and we've got to be able to endure till the end, pay those bills, and meet our financial obligations. So, Father God, right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, I'm asking that you unloose a financial blessing on the people out there listening tonight that are your children. Bless them, God. Meet their financial needs. And God, uh, show us all how to trust you, because I know there is a day coming where we're going to have to endure and go through the wilderness and rely on you for day-to-day provision. And so I know, God, that you're training many of us right now for this time. But I'm asking that you would meet their financial needs today. Father God, if there be any out there ill with an infirmity, I'm asking you to loose your healing power onto them right now. I'm asking, God, that you would send your warrior angels down for protection right now around these listeners and their families. I ask this in Jesus' name. And right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, I bind any demonic spirits that are attacking any listeners out there. I bind the strong men right now in you, right now, in Jesus' name. Man, you Satan to loose these people in the name of Jesus Christ. Father God, I'm asking you to fill them with your Holy Spirit. I apply the blood of Jesus right now to everyone listening. God, if there are those that do not know your Son and do not have a personal relationship with your Son, Jesus Christ, I ask that you would soften their hearts and bring them to you, Father God, because time is short. I'm asking that you would loose your warrior angels in Jesus' name to take charge over these people in accordance with Psalms 91. Call down for a wall of fire for their protection. Accords with Zechariah 2 and 5. And right now I rebuke the spirit of infirmity and anyone right now with an illness. I bind you, you spirit of infirmity, and I command you to come out in Jesus' name. And loose these people of God right now in the name of Jesus Christ. I command you to go to where Jesus sends you right now. I bind all fear. I bind the spirit of fear. And those listening, if, there, if it be there, I bind anger, bitterness, hopelessness, despair. I bind the spirit of depression right now. I command you all to loose these people in the name of Jesus. I bind all spirits of death and destruction. In the name of Jesus, loose your grip. In the name of Jesus Christ, 
Because the word says that whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Father God, that is the authority that you've given every believer. The keys of the kingdom. Your son, Jesus Christ. So I stand on the authority right now. My position in the highest of the heavenlies, seated with Jesus Christ, high above all the principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. And we've been given authority to tread on serpents and scorpions, so I command you, Satan, to loose your grip off these people tonight. In the name of Jesus Christ, I cover them in the, with the blood of Jesus. And I want to thank you, Father God, for what you've done, and I ask also, you, you break, all hex, I break all hexes, vexes, curses, and spells that are being sent against me and Omega Man Radio, and those listening right now. I break them in the name of Jesus, and I command them to go back to where they came from sevenfold. And I bind all demonic spirits, all witchcraft attacks, all astral projection attacks. I bind it in the name of Jesus and command it to go back to where it came from. In Jesus' name. And I'm asking this, Father God, right now in the name of Jesus. And I also bind up right now all spirits of air, earth, fire, the netherworld, and nature. I bind you in Jesus' name. And I command you to loose your grip on not only myself, but on these listeners. In the name of Jesus Christ, I cut all demonic soul ties. I cut all demonic ley lines, all silver demonic cords in the name of Jesus. I bind the spirit of Kundalini and false fire that is infiltrating the church, the counterfeit to the true power of the Holy Ghost, the Rosh HaKodesh, in the name of Jesus Christ. And I ask all these, Father, Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ, your Son. Amen. I want to thank you for listening tonight. I ask that you would tune in tomorrow. We're going to have a, a great show for you, two great shows. Uh, God bless you. And uh, tune again and again to... Uh, Omega Man Radio. This was a live broadcast July 14th. My name is Shannon Davis. God bless you.